Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. In the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 20, it reads as follows, But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. I want you to look at this last part. I believe this is a lesson that every Christian must learn. If you haven't learned it, you will learn it. Uh, And I believe it's something that I believe we take heed to. It will help us in our journey with Christ. In the last part of that text, he says, uh, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Notice he said, the words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Based on what I've just said to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. God's timing is the best timing. Say it with me. God's timing is the best timing. The saying, time is everything, is a phrase used that means the success of something that is often, that is often related to when it happens. It's also a country song. But many of us have used this saying when discussing situation or circumstances in our lives or the lives of others. For example, a college student may be offered credit cards would look great at the moment and even manageable. However, many of us know that although creditors are, offer, are offering that student access to money because they deem them a good prospect, is the timing right? Is the question. Because you got to think about their maturity and knowledge about credit, budget, cash flow, and so forth. Another example could be an individual who's buying a house. You're told that you can afford a house maybe of, two, of the $200,000 range and the interest rates are low and it looks good. You begin shopping for houses at $193,000 and up. And it might be good in one sense, but is the timing really right? Because the loan officer will not consider your ties and your offerings. Although natural time is important, it should be considered. We know that God's timing is perfect. What I mean by God's timing, his season, his opportunity, is it the right time? I believe that the more that we grow, and I mean grow is mature in progress, in our knowledge and understanding of scriptures, realize that it requires faith in God in order to, to be able to operate and be productive in his timing. Faith helps us to appreciate and embrace God's process while we wait for the desired outcome. I believe that as Christians, we are all at different levels of faith. And what I mean by faith, belief and trust and conviction and confidence and assurance in his written and revealed word. Our faith in Jesus and his word, we're all, I believe, at different levels. And when we tend to surround ourselves by the Word of God daily, whether reading, meditating, listening, or talking about the Word, that we tend to have more confidence and enthusiasm in our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Despite the challenges that we know that we're going to be facing when it comes to believing His Word. And the opposite is also true. And if I hear the Word on Sundays at 10 a.m. and even During this time, I get distracted inwardly and outwardly and may impact my level of confidence and trust in God to deliver me out of the crisis I may encounter. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 reads as follows. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight or outward appearances with the things that we see and the things that we encounter on that are not internal. Strong faith in God it consider, considers our thinking, our talking, and our actions helps us to get rid of negative influence that would try to hinder us from receiving God's divine promises for our life. 
Strong faith also helps us to move from being so dependent on what we see, the outward appearance, being more in line with God and believing in his written and revealed word. We understand the significance of Romans 10 and 17. Let's go to Romans 10 and verse 17. Book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you understand the significance of Romans 10 and 17, you understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your life is so much better. What do I mean by hearing? Following the instructions. Comprehending what was said. So when I hear, I follow God's instruction. I follow his guidance. I follow his leadership. And also, too, I'm comprehending what's being said. I'm not just hearing the word, but I'm applying it in my everyday life. And as we apply the written and revealed word in our lives, it, it has helped us to think, talk, and conduct our lives more like Jesus. Being able to hear and apply God's word in a manner that is second nature helps us to deal with life with an overcoming mindset. We might face a situation in a grocery store, pumping gas at work, balancing the checkbook, dealing with family members in crisis, but we deal with it from an overcoming mindset. We need knowledge and understanding on how our sovereign God can deliver us, protect us, and prosper us in any situation that we bring before God, we need not only to hear, come and hear God's word, but we need his Holy Spirit as our ongoing teacher in the church. And we, and in the church and when we're not in the church as well. We can tell how our lessons with the Holy Spirit is going because on Sundays we should hear an answer to a question that we may have. We may get a confirmation about something that's going on in our life. We get clearer directions on what we should and should not do. In other words, we get another piece of the answer. That's why we're so grateful how the Holy Spirit will help us through the process as we learn how to embrace God's timing. We thank God for, G for scriptures like John 16 and 13. Let's go over John chapter 16 and verse 13. John 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So we understand that how the spirit of truth will come. He's going to guide us. He's going to teach us. He's going to instruct us. He's going to lead us. He's going to influence us and direct us into all truth. I believe that God's timing is an important lesson for all of us to learn more about God because the enemy will try to use impatience, disappointment, and difficult situations to take our divine promises away from us. What I mean by take away is going to try to remove a move, a move or yank something away from us. For example, we can bring God as tithes and offerings and because we don't see the immediate mindset excuse me, manifestation of the means or debt relief that we might begin to speak or on what we see rather than the promise God has made us. Another example could be for our single folks. You're trusting God for your, your God-ordained spouse, but rather than waiting on he or she to come, you begin to create a situation on your own that God did not orchestrate. Timing is everything. Too much money too soon can create worse problems than you ever imagined. Marrying a person that's not meant for you at the time in your life or his or her life can be detrimental to you and to your family and to their family. Now, in today's text, we're going to look and go deeper into an encounter which a priest became familiar with God's timing in a supernatural way. Let's go back to the Luke chapter 1 and verse 20. Luke 1 and 20. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Very interesting there in that latter part of the text. And there's much in this I want to get to you, but I will get to you what I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to give you is that when God sends his word, it's going to be fulfilled in its own time. 
there is a timing for God's word to be fulfilled. Now, it's not going to return back to God void, but it's going to be fulfilled at a certain time in our lives. Now, now notice what it says here. He says, but behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which we be, which will be fulfilled. Notice what, in fact, this is Gabriel, Gabriel talking to Zacharias in their own time, in their season, at the right time, at the right opportunity. We're talking about a man named Zacharias. Now, Zacharias, we see here in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. This Zacharias, notice what it says about in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There were the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Interesting, his name means remembered of Jehovah. Remembered of Jehovah. Elizabeth's husband and the father of John the Baptist, who had a front row seat in God's classroom of timing, was wanting something from God, but didn't get it at the time he wanted it. Let that sink in for a moment. You ain't live long enough until... You wanted something at a certain time, and you didn't get it at the time that you wanted it. I said a lot, but I want to let that sink in for a moment. This is one lesson every Christian has to learn. Because if not, you'll get frustrated, you'll get mad, you'll think your prayers are not working, you'll think your giving's not working, you'll think that Christianity doesn't work. Because it doesn't happen in your timing. And let me say this to you. You can get mad, upset, say I'm walking out, and God still don't change his timing. God's timing is God's timing. And, it, you know, when I looked at this, I said, Lord, I should have learned this lesson years ago. Because <laughs> I've been frustrated. I, Richard Dobbs. I talk about none of y'all in him. I know y'all y'all all believe God at the same time, so forth and so on. I've I've, I've been frustrated. I've I've gotten upset and say, God, if this worked, it should be working, right? But God decided that He knows better than I do, and I guess He got He got He He can He can do that. He can do that because He knows better than me. He definitely knows better than me. His name means, what, think about what his name means, remember by God. It, w- it would be intriguing because it would seem like he had been forgotten by God rather than remembered in one major area that seemed to be very important to the couple. We find in Luke chapter 1 and verse 7. Luke 1 and 7 reads as follows. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Notice how the Bible puts emphasis on well advanced in years. It doesn't give you the age. They say, hey, these folks are old. Well advanced in years. They wanted a child, and they had not had one yet. She was barren, could not conceive or have a child, and both were well advanced in years. The family was not able to have children in the natural. I can imagine this may have caused a strain on their relationship, especially if they desired to have children. There may have been a certain stigma placed on Elizabeth because she could not conceive, just as society can place a stigma on people who deal with infertility today. Infertility can be defined as not being able to conceive a child after 12 months of trying. Infertility today can become a major conversation because people can spend anywhere from thirty to forty thousand dollars thirty to forty thousand dollars seeking treatment for ways to have a child when medically it appears that they cannot. Is it possible that Zacharias and, and Elizabeth had planned to begin their family at an early age like many young couples, but with no success? We don't know. We know that we know that we can have a plan, but God always has a better plan. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Hold that. We're coming back to it. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. 
You know, when you're dealing with God, you got to understand that God always has a better plan. Always. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. The Bible reads as follows. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. For all the promises, the promises are the declaration or assurance of a particular thing that it will happen. Assurance that a certain undertaking will take place. God will fulfill his promise to us. He and only he has the power and the ability to do so. So if God makes your promise, he's got the power to cause it to come to pass. If God promised you he's going to deliver you, he got the power to deliver you. If God got to say he's going to make you uh, the head and not the tail, he got the power to do so. If God say he'll get you out of debt, he got the power to do so. If God says he's going to get you a house in 2020, hallelujah, here he is. Here he is. You need to start looking for a house. He got the power to cause it to come to pass. God has the power to do so. Now, let's go back over to Luke 1. Let's look at the characteristics of Zacharias and Elizabeth. In Luke 1 and verse 6, it reads as follows. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. So they were both righteous. What does it mean by righteous? They observed divine laws or commandments. They kept the commandments of God. They did that blameless. That's a powerful statement to make about somebody. I'm just telling you right now, that is powerful when you see somebody that walked in that type of integrity. Now, the couple's reputation and integrity was that that they observed divine laws and commandments. They understood and kept the order of God. In other words, they were not novice to the will of God. They were not novice to the things of God. They were what we would call experience when it comes to the things of God. In fact, you see in, the, uh, in Luke 1 and 6 when it says they walk in, the, in all the commandments, walking means they ordered their life and they followed divine instructions. They ordered their life and they followed divine instructions in the commandments and the ordinance of, of the Lord, blameless. They were free from fault. There was no defect. In other words, I didn't say they were perfect, but they did it in a way that was, the Bible says, blameless. In my opinion, this is marriage one-on-one, how to be a success as a married or soon-to-be-married couple in order that you, in order for, that you fulfill God's commandments, his word, and follow divine instruction from your God-ordained shepherd. Instruction from God's written and revealed word can help a couple to overcome the difficulties of their life. The other issue will eventually work out because essentially when we conduct our lives like Zacharias and Elizabeth, we're positioning ourselves to allow God to work the other things out for our good. Yet even with this high level of integrity and love for God, they still had an area in their life that was still lacking and maybe heartbreaking to them. Although we're striving to walk or conduct our lives in a manner that is in obedience with God's word, we still may deal with seeds of being barren, lack, not produce at the rate that we believe that we should. For example, what do you do when you do right, but you do not receive your heart's desire right away? What do you do when you do right? I mean, you're doing right. Zacharias and Elizabeth were doing right. I mean, Bible said they were blameless. Now, let me say this thing. You don't find out about many people in the Bible. You don't find many people today that can make a statement like this. So you know that these individuals were doing what they supposed to do. But yet they had something lacking in their life. What do you do when you do right, but you do not receive your heart's desire right away? What do you do when you give and you do not receive your harvest the next day or the next week? What do you do when you ask God to heal your body or take away the pain and the next day the pain gets worse? What do you do when you're going, when you're doing the best you know how to do, but you still are going through the roughest trial that you ever experienced in your life? What do you do when you find scriptures to back up your request or the promises of God, 
to give you your heart's desire, but it seems like it's not working as fast as you want it to. I mean, you quote scripture and say, hey, God, you said in your word that, da, 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 da. you said in your word that you would do this, that, and the other. But yet, it's not manifesting as fast as you want it to. You pray, and I mean, you pray, you pray the Lord's prayer. Go to the Lord, or you pray the Lord's prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, how will be thy name, thy kingdom come, and so forth. And it still don't work as much as you want it to, or as fast as you want it to. Because that's basically what we're talking about here. We're talking about what? Timing. Timing. We, we, we give, but sometimes the timing doesn't work out the fast as we want it to. We, it's, that's why we keep coming and giving God glory. Hey, God, we turn around three times. We jump up a little bit, but it don't work out as fast as we want it to. The promotion don't come as fast as we want it to. Being that free don't come as fast as we want it to. Doing all these other things we want from God don't come as fast as we want to sometimes. Could it be that God is going to fulfill his promise, but it's going to be in his timing and not our timing? You see what Elizabeth and Zacharias was going through? They were doing right. And, and evidently, they had been doing right for a number of years. Because the Bible says they were well advanced in years. Evidently, they have been doing it for a long time, but they had not had a child. It would almost seem they got gotten to the point where they had given up about having a child. doesn't say it specifically, but you almost can see the way it's written. They had almost given up on what I believe what was in the will of God. This is a great lesson Zacharias was placed in, a position to learn as well as we're often placed in a position to learn. It is during these times that fear will try to uh, take a stand, doubt will try to enter our minds, anxiety and worry will try to, over, or try to work overtime to try and influence our thinking, our talking, and our actions. This is when you ask God to, to pay something or do something, and here it is, and it ain't paid yet, and here you are in the middle of the night thinking about it. Here you are in the middle of the night thinking about, well, what, what God, what we going to do? You said in your word you will supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, but here it is, 2 o'clock in the morning. And see, you ain't live long enough to try to figure a bill like 2 o'clock in the morning. You ain't live long enough till you try to solve a problem at 3.30 a.m. And you're looking at the clock and the clock looking at you. And like the clock got an answer, but the clock ain't got an answer. All it do is just tell you what time it is. And you turn back over and it say 3.30. You look at it, you turn back over. It seems like it's about four hours late. You turn back over, it's 3.32. Or maybe 3.37. You might got seven whole minutes here. And you still less answer. And then you're thinking, well, let me then go to sleep because I got to get up early in the morning. But then you try to go to sleep. I don't know if you live long enough and your mind start racing as soon as you got in. I mean, you sleepy, but as soon as you got in the get in the bed, your mind just start taking off. Hey, you thought you were going to sleep, didn't you? You thought you were getting ready to go to sleep, and as soon as you lay your head down, your mind just take off. It's, it, it's, it, it was first gear, and all of a sudden, by the time you lay down good, hit that puller just right, it take off in the fifth gear, and put in cruise control. We've been to think for a little while now. We've been to think a little while. Whatever it is, Zacharias and Elizabeth were dealing with this type of issue. Now we're going to look at what happened here, because. Zacharias was performing his priestly duty. Now, Zacharias mind his own business, doing what he normally does, and we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Notice what it says here. And when Zacharias, no, excuse me. Let's read verse 8. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 8, going to verse 9. According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot failed to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. When the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense, then at verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. 
And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Be honest with you, I feel probably would have fell upon me too. Sometimes I'm here at the church praying. I know I'm by myself, but I can hear a noise and I got to be careful. Fear don't jump in me. Y'all don't, yes, I pray. I, you ever been at home by yourself and you hear a noise and all of a sudden you ain't careful. You think, and you know the alarm on. You, th- you know you put the doors on, lock, door lock on, but you hear a noise. And you have, and you, and then, but all of a sudden, Zacharias has saw what, it, what turns out to be an angel standing in the corner. And fear fell upon him. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Don't be scared. Fear says this, and it's an interesting definition they use for fear. Put to flight. Put to flight. He says, don't run, Zacharias. I need you to stand here and receive what I'm about to tell you by faith. I don't need you to be in fear trying to receive what I'm about to tell you. And he says this, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you should call his name John. See, it's important that Zacharias receive what was being said by faith. And in my opinion, it's hard to obey God with having assurance that God would do what he said he would do. When your pastor give you a word, it's important to receive the word by faith in order for it to come to pass in your life. Faith will cause a believer to go forth and apply the word, whereas fear will cause a person to flee and leave in panic, stress, and anxiety to the point they will not apply what's being said. That's why you can't have fear. Because you will flee and not do what God has told you to do. I heard something that's very interesting to me, and I thought about it, and it can be true. If you're not careful, your mind will automatically go into what they call survivor instinct. You'll hear something, but you're going survivor instinct, and you'll say, well, I can't do it because I don't see certain things could happen in my life. That's why you got to have faith that says, you know what, despite what I see, I'm going to do what God told me to do. Because your survivor instinct will tell you, I better hold on to this because I got to survive. Whereas faith will say, I got to give. Your survivor instinct will say, I can't talk to that person. But your, listen, but your faith will say, I'm going to witness to them because the Holy Spirit is telling me I'm going to tell them about Jesus. See, your survivor instinct will say, you know what, I'm not going to bother anybody because I don't want nobody to mess with me and I ain't going to mess with nobody. And you know, you probably know people like that. Cause they, they, they tend to lean toward their survivor instinct more than they do walking by faith and not by sight. Are y'all seeing the difference there? When, listen, you gotta ask yourself the question. When it comes to hearing God's word, do I go into survivor instinct? I'm gonna try to find out what's safe or am I gonna walk by faith and not by sight? When God says it's time to be walking your promotion, are you going to walk by faith? Or are you going to say, you know what, I, can't, I don't want to bother nobody. God says it's time for you to get your increase. Do you walk in your survivor instinct or do you walk by faith? It's time for you to go for, to get that next level. Do you walk by faith or do you say, you know what, I can't do that because that's too much for me right now. I can't go that far. Oh, no, what would they say about me? Who cares? They say about you. Because they're not going to be with you and God. Notice what happened here in the text. The text is clear. Angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer. Now, hold on, Zacharias, you've been praying about this. This is the very thing you've been asking me about. Not just one prayer, but probably for years. The very thing you've been asking me about, God says, I'm bringing it to pass in your life. In fact, the word, the word heard means it's going to re, it's request granted. Request granted. I'm going to comply with what you ask about. You've been asking me to get you out of debt. Today is the day I'm getting you out of debt. Request granted. You've been asking me to heal your body. He says, request Granted. You may ask me to save your loved ones. Request granted. 
What do you do when re- request is going to be granted? Do you walk in fear or do you walk in faith? Because some, there's going to be a day because it's in God's timing that God, you've been praying, you've been asking God to do this, that, and the other, and he's going to say, request granted. In fact, look around the room and say, request granted, request granted, request granted, request granted. Yeah, you've been praying about it for years. You thought God forgot about you. You thought it was over. But God said, request granted. Some of you have been asking God to do this, that, and the other. I believe before the end of 2020 and definitely by 2021, request Granted, you've been asking God to do this, that, and the other, and you think that because of the pandemic, God's not going to do it, but I'm here to tell you, request granted. You think, amen, because what they're saying on the news and social media and what they're saying at your job, God is saying, request granted. I I could preach right there, but I got got more information to give to you. Let's go further. But notice what the request was. Your wife, Elizabeth. Notice what he says. He said, I'm not even making you wonder who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody else's wife. I'm talking about your wife is going to have a son. And this, when you have a son, I want you to call him John. Zachariah, listen, it was specific what God was going to do in his, in Zachariah's life. Angel told Zechariah, your wife is going to have a son, and you're going to call his name John. I don't want you to think that another woman is going to be pregnant. Listen, I don't think your neighbor or somebody else, sometimes you got to know that God is answering your prayer request. He said, listen, I know, I know Deacon got a prayer request. I know the minister's got a prayer request. I know the senior minister's got a prayer request, but I'm answering your prayer. I'm answering your request. I'm telling you, my brother, you, my sister, request granted. I don't want nobody to get confused. Because sometimes you think when, when God is giving a specific prophecy across the pulpit, they're talking about everybody else except you. But today, he said, listen, I'm letting you know, I'm coming down your road. I'm coming into your house. I'm coming down your street. I'm getting in your car. I'm doing in your life. I'm telling you now, request granted. Now, you know, the problem is sometimes even when I give you a word like this, some people think it's for everybody else except them. They'll think it's for the person in front of them. They'll think it's for the person beside them. They'll think it's for everybody else except them. But today, I want you to know that God is saying, request granted. I am talking to you right now. I don't want you to get confused. I don't want you to look to your neighbor to the left and to the right. I'm talking about request is granted in your life. Wait, somebody says, thank you, Jesus. At times, we hear details. From the written and revealed word on our human side. Our human side. You can't hear this on your human side. You can't hear this from a survival instinct and not a faith walk. And then, cause when you start operating in survival instinct or walking in your not looking, looking at what you see more than what God is saying, you're going to say something like Luke 1 and 18. Notice Luke 1 and 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know? How shall I understand this? For I am a man and my wife is, my wife is well advanced in years. Now let me say this to you. What Zechariah said was true. Zechariah's what, lying? He was well advanced in years. But you know what? God knew it before he told him. Let me tell you something. God knows. He said, you will be a millionaire. Well, Pastor Dobbs, I ain't got but $2 in my checking account. He knows that before he told you that. The doctor says, you're not going to be healed. And, and God is saying, by his stripes, you are healed. God knew that before he, he told you that. Every promise that God makes for you, God knows it before he tells you. 
He knows it before he makes the promise to you. Never get, uh, uh, listen, don't think that human frailties or human weaknesses can stop the promises of God. Human frailties and human weaknesses does not stop the promise of God. Thank God it don't. How many thank God that your, your frailties and your weakness don't stop God from? Somebody said, well, God can't do it. God don't need me to do it no way. <laughs> if he need me to do it, I could do it myself. I would need God. There's some things God going to do in your life. You got to know that God going to get the glory for it. Because you can't do it on your own. You're like Zacharias and Elizabeth. You've been trying for years to do it. But God said, I'm going to do it for you. It's in my timing. It's in my timing. He had to confess. See, he was, what he said was true. They were well advanced at age. How many of you have heard the words, specifically how giving will change our living? You gave, you began to confess what you saw in your chain account rather than what God said on his account. Notice how God uses messenger to respond to Zacharias. He sends Luke 1 and 19. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. Notice where Gabriel came from. Who stands in the presence of God. Who was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. I am Gabriel who stands, I am placed or near in the presence, in the sight of the face of God. I come to speak to you these glad tidings. See, in the presence of God is miracles, favor, divine wisdom, supernatural insight, deliverance, healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. We have to strive to keep God's house in a sacred place. Because we want his presence to abide in this sanctuary. He's ready to give us our heart desire, but just like Zacharias, we only, if you only speak what you know and what, what you can come up with, you won't get your heart's desire. Cause let me say this to you. You're human. You are limited. I hate to break it down to you. You limited. But God is unlimited. He knows everything. He knows your, what, how to get you what you desire and what he wants you to have as well. Sometimes God has to hit the mute button on some of us to get our conversation changed. I want you to notice our key text but, but in Luke 1 and 20. But behold, you will be mute, silent, holds peace, and not able to speak, talk, tell, or preach until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. I don't know if you walk by somebody. Sometimes I want to hit the mute button on some folks. I always speak in doubt. I always speak in unbelief. Yeah, God feel ready to do a big thing. Oh, I don't know if he's going to do it in my life. Mute. God didn't really give you a heart's desire. I don't know if God going to give me my heart's desire. Mute. I'm getting ready, my God getting ready to heal us. I'm not healing from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. But the doctor said that I don't know. You're going to have that the rest of your. Some of us need for God to hit a mute button in our lives. I'm telling you, can I be real with y'all just for a moment? I need to finish this up. But I, need, I need to be real just for a moment. I needed God to hit the mute button on me sometimes. Because I begin to speak doubt and unbelief. Speaking faith one minute, doubt and unbelief the next. Saying, oh, yeah, yeah, God can do it. But the next thing I know, talking about, I don't know if God can do this or, or if he got the power to do this. So, I mean, you know, look at my situation. Look at my situation. You, have you saw my chain account? I went to the ATM yesterday, and the ATM said I had this much money right here. Well, how God going You ain't never had the mute button that somebody need to hit in your life. I, I just keep praying for us. I keep, keep praying for the rest of us. I know you probably speak faith all the time. But every now and then, I need God to hit the mute button in my life. So in turn, I will start speak down on belief. Y'all got a mute button. Let's, let's, anybody got, find your mute button, mute button right quick. 
and just hit the mute button just for a moment. And on the count of three. One, two, three. Notice what I put in. I'll put it on my mouth. I know you got the, the, the mask on, but I put it on my mouth because why? Sometimes we be saying stuff we ain't got no business saying. Oh, you know what Proverbs, I believe uh, uh, Proverbs says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We got to start speaking life instead of death. Sometimes, sometimes when people talk about their children, I want to hit the mute button over their life. Because they are speaking doubt over their children. I had somebody who I, I know had been in church for a number of days because he told me he hadn't been in church. I would say a number of years if I know any better. He said, you know what? The problem we have in our society is, is that we're killing our kings. We're killing our kings. What do you mean, Pastor We are killing. Listen, we're killing. And he said, I can't talk about other people killing our kings. I'm talking about us killing our kings. They're killing our kings. And then if they're killing our kings, not only does it take away that king, but it takes away the king who killed him. Who's raising that kingdom up now? Who's raising our future kings up now? If you're waiting for society to raise your king, you, your king going to be jacked up when they, get to, when, they get, when they get to their kingdom. If you wait for the government to raise your king, you are more messed up when they raise him. I need the king of kings and the Lord of lords to raise up kings in the kingdom. Therefore, I know the kingdom be done right. I know the kingdom will become after the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I need for, I need for us to understand that if society is killing our kings, we cannot fall for that. We got to pray over our kings. Pray over our kings. Boy, let me get out of that because I can speak spend time with that. Now, the Lord loves us enough to protect us from our own self. Especially when he's trying to bless us, but we can't move past us. We're walking by sight and not by faith. Walking by sight and not by faith. Zacharias had to be silenced, just like we do at times, to prevent us from missing our miracle. Although Zacharias was deemed a righteous and blameless priest, he still had some errors in his faith that needed some work. Woo, thank you, Lord. But Zacharias ain't by himself this morning. I can look around the sanctuary. There's some people in the sanctuary, including yours truly, that need help in their faith. Need help. I need, listen, sometimes I need to hit that mute button. You're talking doubt. You're talking unbelief. Now, we're going to go back, um, latter part of Luke 1 and 20. Powerful statement. Powerful statement. Because, now, he muted him because he did not believe the words, but notice this, the words which we be fulfilled in their own season. They're going to, they did not believe, didn't trust and have confidence in the words which be fulfilled or manifested in their own time or season. The word of God helps us conduct our lives in a, in a manner that is pleasing to God and the way we think, talk, and act on a daily basis. We have to make a decision how that we're going to follow our omniscient God. You got to make a decision. I mean, when it comes to how you think and how you talk and how you act, you got to make a decision to follow Jesus. Now, since Zacharias didn't believe God, he was mute and not able to speak. Gabriel, who had been in the presence of God, tells him the words that were spoken would be fulfilled. But notice this, in their own time. Now, how do you know, Pastor Dobb, that this was the best timing? I want to give you a few scriptures to clarify what I'm saying. Zacharias and Elizabeth had asked God for a child. Remember, they asked him. But the child could not come until it had to fulfill God's purpose. What was the purpose? One crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Zacharias couldn't be born too early. It couldn't be born too late. He had to be born at a time that when he went preaching in the wilderness and when Jesus came. Ooh, 
behold, this is who I am going. This is part of my purpose. And he had to be at the right time. Now, I know you say, Pastor, uh, sometimes in my life, it doesn't seem like seem like God has forgotten about me. But let me say this to you. God has not forgotten about you. He has not forgotten about you. Zechariah's name it remains. Hey, the Lord remember. He remember. It seems like sometimes God's forgotten about you. You've been praying. You've been giving. You've been doing right by God. But God has not forgotten about you. It is all in his purpose and in his plan and in his timing. Remember this. Don't be weary and well-doing for in due season you're going to reap if you think not. You stay with the purpose of God and the plan of God and it shall come to pass. In your life, it should come to pass. We understand that God's time to fulfill his purpose for our lives. And, and think about this. God was thinking about the big picture. John prepared the way for the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. We learn that our prayers are answered, but we must be in a better position to carry them out. I believe Zacharias, after encounter with the angel, was not going to let anyone else name his child other than the Lord, how the Lord instructed him to do it. Now remember that he was made mute. In fact, he did not speak again until he named his child John. Now, that at least was approximately nine months, if not longer. He was quiet the whole time. Mute. Couldn't say a word. But when it's time to name his child, I wish somebody would try to name him Peter. Mark, Anthony, Junior. Because they want to na- name him Zachariah Junior. He's ah, No, we're naming him John. And I imagine when he spoke, and he spoke in nine, over nine months, he's like, whoo. We naming him John. <laughs> you notice how that settled in, boy. Man ain't spoken months, months, or probably maybe a year or so. And all of a sudden, the first one he said, name him John. Ooh, we better name him John. Well, no question. That message, I ain't finna go back to, I ain't going back to this thing no more. I'm not going back to not talking no more. I'm not going back to, uh, listen, being bound in sin anymore. I'm not going back to in poverty any longer. I'm not going back to that thing anymore. Cause I'm following God's plan. I'm following His purpose. Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That brother waited. I had to give him that. He waited. They shall mount it with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not play and not faint. And the best and the safest places be is in the will of God. When they wait on God, they want a safe place both spiritually and naturally. Go to Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2. That'd be my closing scripture. I want to say this to you because I want you to hear what the Lord showed me about this. They were protected in two ways. They were protected naturally because, remember, Elizabeth was well advanced in age. Medical science would tell you that a person shouldn't get pregnant well advanced in age. But you don't read about any complications with her pregnancy. That means she was divinely protected. She was divinely protected. And not only was she divinely protected, her husband was divinely protected. The child was divinely protected. Psalms 91, 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. They were in a safe place, safe place, both spiritually and naturally. Why? Because they were in the will of God. The safest place to be is in the will of God. The safest place to be. Think about this. I thought about this. 
Bible's clear. I mean, it emphasizes this. She was well advanced in age. But now she's carrying the promised child. And God protected that pregnancy the whole time. To me, that is a symbol or a sign of divine protection. See, when you're in God's will, you got divine protection going on in your life. Listen, people may listen, people may say, you know, you should be further along. You should do this and you should do that. No, I'm standing in God's will. You're not gonna rush me. You're not gonna listen, you're not gonna rush me. Now I may rush myself, but I'm trying to repent and get back in the, in the place I need to be. I may listen, I may want to do this, that, and the other, but I will repent and get back into this same place. Because the safest place to be and the best place to be is in the will of God. Don't let society tell you that you need to be this, that, and the other. Don't let news media tell you that this, that, and the other. They'll try to get fear to make your decision. But we are children of God who walk by faith and not by sight. That's why God's timing is the best timing keeps you safe it gives you strength and it, as well hallelujah it helps you to fulfill the purpose of god for your life god's timing is the best timing thank you so much for listening to today's message please subscribe to our podcast and if you're ever in the villarica area you can visit us at 3193 south van Wert road in villarica georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.